morning and welcome to the Abundant Life Church, where faith and life connect. We are so excited to have you with us this morning. We're going to have an amazing service that is full of worship and word. We're going to enter into a let's talk about it. And we also want to acknowledge that we have, we've just ended our second week of our consecration. So we want to continue to um, encourage you during our last and final week to really finish strong. So we, at this time, want, we want you to just settle your hearts and settle your minds and enter into a space where we are bringing our all to God. So wherever you are in your home, would you just take a moment to just stop and pause and to remember truly that Jesus is the center of it all. So as we begin our service, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you and lift you up for this uh, wonderful Sunday morning. And we ask, oh God, that your presence would be with us. Lord, as we have um, ended our second week of consecration, we just pray, Lord, for all that has been taking place in our spiritual encounters, Lord, to be manifested even in this service today. God, we just ask that your hand would be upon each and every person who is watching and listening. Lord, and we pray for bountiful blessings. May the joy of the Lord this morning be our strength. So God, we just thank you for the word that is going to go forth, for the worship that we are getting ready to encounter. And we pray, oh God, that you would honor our praise and our worship unto you as we are your living sacrifices. So God, we just thank you and we praise you and we bless your holy name. And we give you all the honor and the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Now, would you join us for worship? blessing you right now why don't you look at your neighbor and tell him he's blessing me right now because we serve a mighty God we serve a holy God we serve a God that can do anything do you agree this morning why don't you clap your hands listen you are a mighty God you are a mighty God
but I am excited for the worship that has just gone forth. My heart is so open and pierced and I am ready for the word. 
So at this time, we want you to again, settle your hearts and your minds because we have our dynamic Pastor Virginia Ward who is going to be speaking to us today. So would you, uh, as we enter into this, uh, this time, would you just pray with me? Father, we thank you for the worship that has just gone forth. And even now, God, we pray, Lord, for the continued preparation for our hearts to hear the word. Lord, we lift up our pastor, Virginia, Lord, because we know that there is truly a word from heaven. So we say, speak now, Holy Spirit, Lord, that we will receive from you. We pray, oh God, for the outpouring of our pastor and an inpouring into the people. Lord, may you um, speak to us right where we are in the situations that we have and that what everything that we're in need of. So God, I just pray, Lord, that you would touch us even now. So Lord, cover the word, cover our pastor, Lord, as we enter into this time of hearing from you. So Lord, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Now here's a word from our pastor, Virginia Ward. Well, hello, and we're glad that you're here today to receive a word from the Lord. My assignment today is to talk with you about faith additions. You see, recently, Bishop and I added on some rooms to our house. And actually, we expanded the kitchen a bit and we added a bathroom. And while we thought it was going to be just this easy thing, it actually turned out to be quite more extensive than we thought. The process was very intentional. We had to have plans drawn. We had to get elect an electrician and a plumber and all different kinds of tradesmen to add to this addition. Now, we're glad it's done, but it was a lot of work. It took some time, and we had to persevere through many obstacles when this got delayed and that got delayed. We also learned the importance of having the different trades talking to each other because the electrician couldn't run lines where the plumber was trying to put pipes. So we learned a lot through that process of addition. Well, today I want to talk to you from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, where Peter encourages us as believers. You see, Peter was an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he is the author of this book. And while some may question that, Peter starts out with the beginning of the book saying, Simon, Peter, an apostle, a servant. He describes himself and he uses both of his names. He uses his birth name of Simon to let the Jewish folks know that, look, I'm committed. This is my name that was given to me when I was circumcised, Simon. But he also uses the name Peter, Rock, the name that Jesus gave to him when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they said, some say you're a prophet, some say... And he turned to his disciples and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responded with, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus, recognizing that Peter had a different knowledge of who he was, said, I am now calling you Peter, Petra, rock. And upon this rock, upon the truth that I am the son of the living God, I'm going to build my church. Peter, the one that denied Christ, the one that was restored. Peter is this apostle who's writing this second epistle. Peter, and he also calls himself a servant. He recognizes to be in the service of the Lord is the highest thing you can do. Last but not least, he says, apostle, he acknowledges, I have an assignment. I have a responsibility that Christ has given to me. And as an apostle, I'm going to accomplish my mission, my purpose. And here in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, as we look at the verses, he's reminding the Christians throughout this chapter, but even through the whole book of 2 Peter, he's reminding Christians of three things. He says, first of all, keep growing in your discipleship. 
Don't stop growing in Christ. Don't stop. Whatever level you're at, keep growing. There's more. There's more. There's more to faith in Christ. Keep adding. You must have more faith additions. The second thing he does is he reminds them, he says, look, you need to beware, be aware of false teachings. He's warning them. There were a number of false teachings going abroad throughout the area. He's speaking, he's, he's writing, and he's speaking to them, and he's saying, look, be careful. There's a lot of false teachings, a lot of lies that have been told. Sound familiar? A lot of lies that have been told. And he said, beware of them. You're a believer in Christ. You're a Christian. Don't believe that stuff. Then thirdly, he says, look, Jesus is coming for sure because some of these false teachers were trying to say to the believers, Jesus, eh, that's not true. He's not coming. He's not coming back again. He already left. He died. Yeah, he rose, da, 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 but he's not coming back. And Peter's saying, look, hold fast because, see, in the book of 1 Peter, he said to them, look, you, I acknowledge you've been through a lot of sufferings and a lot of tribulations, and guess what? It's going to get worse, but I don't want you to lose hope. I don't want you to give up. Keep adding to your faith. So let's look at the scriptures. We're looking at, again, first, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, ESV. And he says, Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to, to, effort, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and with virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, and with self-control, steadfastness or patience, and with steadfastness, godliness, and with godliness, brotherly affection, and with brotherly affection, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For who lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Faith additions. Today, as we're rounding the corner and towards the end of our, this season of consecration, I want to encourage you to add to your faith and to encourage you and to remind some of you that there are some faith additions that you have yet to do. So again, as we talk about this, this particular passage in 2 Peter, Peter is addressing this to believers. He's talking to people who've already received Christ, and he's encouraging them because they've gone through some persecutions. But now he's encouraging them to grow in their discipleship and don't stay on square one, don't stay on this level, but to continue to grow and to add to their faith. He says to them, look, um, I understand that your faith, although you may not have been like me, an apostle who actually walked with Jesus, your faith is secure. Your faith is real. Your faith is true. 
what we've passed on to you, the teachings of Jesus that we've passed on to you, though you didn't walk with him, your calling, your faith is pure and your faith is true. So don't doubt that. Don't listen to those false teachers. And he goes on to say in verses three and four that his divine power, God's divine power, power has gifted, has granted. That word that says granted unto us is the terminology of bestowed, that there's, there's something that's been gifted or granted to you. All that pertain to life and to godliness. And so he's reminding them, look, everything you need, the divine one, God has already granted it to you in Christ. He reminds them that Christ has given you great and precious promises. Those promises because he died and rose again. Those promises because he lives. Those promises are true and he has granted them. But you're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to press your way. You're going to have to keep doing your part. So Christ has done his part, but now he's reminding these Christians and admonishing them, add to your faith. He says, for this reason, because of these promises, because of all of what God has already promised, because of God's greatest gift, salvation through Jesus Christ, he says, now, I need you to make every effort, every effort. So regardless of what's happening, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how you feel, I know sometimes I don't feel like reading my Bible, but because I need to add to my faith, I read my Bible. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. It doesn't matter how I feel, but I pray. Why? Because I know that the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous person availeth much. I know that God's ear is open and he's waiting to hear my prayers. So I make every effort. And sometimes y'all, it, it's hard. Can, can, can some of y'all just put, throw a hand up in the chat or something and acknowledge, yes, it's hard. It's not easy being a Christian. As Kermit the Frog had this song, he said, it's not easy being green. And he acknowledged that it, it wasn't easy. And yes, I want to let you know that even as a, a, a minister of the gospel, it's not easy. But we have to make every effort. Once you have received Christ, you have come to faith. And to all of us, we have been given a measure of faith. And so the apostle Peter here says, I want you to take that faith that you were given, that you received when you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and add to that faith See, we could just have, when Bishop and I were building and we were adding to a house, when we extended the kitchen back and added that bathroom, we had to put in some found, a good solid foundation. We couldn't just put two poles up and expect it to hold that weight. There are weights of the world and there are weights of being a Christian and there are weights that come to us that we can't bear without a proper foundation. And that foundation is faith. So Peter's saying to the Christians here, look, I need you to add to your faith. And the first thing he says, you need to add to your faith some virtue. Build on top of that faith. Now, virtue is, the, it, virtue is a word that Peter intentionally chose because he's speaking to Greeks. And Greek philosophers were very smart people. And he uses these eight things that he's using, these eight words, starting with faith and even virtue, that language would be understood in that context. It's similar to how Jesus used agricultural terms to help people to understand certain terminology because they would understand it through an agricultural space because they were living in pretty much a farming community. So he would use those terms. And Peter's doing the same thing by using the word virtue because the Greeks saw virtue as moral excellence, that you could be morally pure. They thought that you could be pure all by yourself and that you didn't necessarily need God. You could do it on your own. And Peter's saying, uh-uh-uh. Moral excellence, virtue is from God. It is God's standard that 
you're required to meet. Not man's, not something of your own flesh. You need God's virtue. So you need to take your faith and add virtue, moral excellence. You need to add God's standard to what you're doing. But then he doesn't stop there. He says, okay, you've got some faith and you've got some virtue. Now you need to add to that knowledge. Now, when he's using, again, this term knowledge, again, talking to Greek philosophers, talking to people who would sit and reason things through, talking to people who like to, to, to think that they knew everything and that knowledge alone, in fact, this is some of the early beginnings of the Gnostics who would just think that you just, if you knew something, if you had knowledge alone, then you didn't need anything else. That is what brought you and made you good. And, they, and Peter said, no, 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 no. It's not your knowledge. It's knowledge through Christ. It's knowledge through Christ, not human and man's knowledge. And that issue, that mindset of just knowing, and that's why we need to be careful. Yes, get all the education you can get, but understand that it is God who gave you the capacity and the, and the capability to be able to understand and to learn. So don't think that what you know, and we have to be careful of that for those of us that are in New England, we're from the place where we know God, but we need to know him through Christ and not in our own strength. So Peter says, add to your faith virtue. And once you've got some of that moral excellence, add some knowledge, but knowledge through Christ. Add some of that knowledge, and that knowledge leads to wisdom and godly discernment where you can see, hmm, that they're claiming to be Christian, or hmm, they're claiming that that's right, but that's not right. And you can see ethically and biblically the things of justice that God is calling for. And he doesn't stop there. He says, so once you've gotten some virtue and some knowledge, I need you to keep adding. I need you to add some self-control. Now help us, Lord. Here we go. Here's where the rubber starts meeting the roll. Self-control, temperance, King James says, the ability to control yourself. And again, Peter uses this on purpose because some of the Greeks were saying, you didn't need to control yourself. Do what you want, when you want, how you want. You don't need discipline. Now, see, that's a problem. Because to be a disciple of Jesus, the root of disciple means one in which good behavior or godly behavior has been instilled. It means that you have the capacity to control yourself. Are we not living in a time where people are like, oh, anything goes. I, don't, I can say what I want, do what I want, this right, that right. No, 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 no. You have self-control. That's one of the things I like to teach children in children's church early on. I, and I believe every parent, every teacher, but especially parents, you need to teach children, even when two years old and they're saying no and they're doing all kind of crazy stuff. Excuse me, uh, 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 bring that in. You have self-control. In fact, you can put that in the chat. I have self-control. Do you have the capacity to be able to control? Do you have the capacity to be able to put some discipline in your life? Has this consecration not shown you, tested your self-control? How many of you wanted to get that cheeseburger? How many of you wanted to get that piece of apple pie? How many of you said, oh, Lord, I just want just a piece of chicken. Can somebody bring me a piece of gospel bird? I know it's, this consecration has been a difficult one. I had to practice some self-control watching the news and I would see the food commercials, the pizza, the chicken, that pulling chicken. I forget which company has it, but they have this pulling, this chicken that you pull and it's crispy and you take it and you dip it in the sauce and they have the seasoned French fries and the coleslaw. Oh, I know I'm making you hungry. Ooh, low, but it took self-control. I wanted to hop in my car and drive there or call Uber Eats or somebody say, send me some of that stripping chicken. But self-control. Now I'm talking about that in the natural, but what about in the spiritual? Peter says, you need to keep adding to your faith. It's important. Self-control is so important to us growing as believers. It is so important to our faith. 
But he doesn't stop there. He says, I need you to add to self-control. I need you to add some patience. Oh, help us, Lord. I, it, it, I, I often laugh when people say, uh, will you pray for me that I can have some patience? And I, 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 I get a little nervous when people ask me to pray for them for patience. Because you see, the trying of your faith work is patience. So when you're asking for patience, you're asking for, it's basically the word steadfastness, that you're asking for, it's defined as the ability to endure suffering or evil without giving up one's faith. Do you have the ability to endure? Because you see, in this world, we shall have tribulation, but we're told, be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome them all. Be of good cheer. So, yes, you're going through, but you're not alone. Yes, you're going through. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Yes, you're going through. Doesn't mean you don't have faith. You just have a need of a little patience, some steadfastness to make it through. But then we can't stop there. He says keep adding and add godliness Come on now. So now we've got to add some godliness. Now, you may be saying, well, why is godliness important? We need to be aware of God in every aspect of our life. And some of us, we're Christians, but we have compartmentalized God. So uh, God, you can speak to me about my family, and you can speak to me when I'm, when I'm at church and in my Bible study, but my money, mm -mm. I don't want to hear what you have to say about my money. My eating habits, no, 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 no. see, Jesus, that, that was between me and me. Our relationships, no, 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 God, no, 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 no. I, I don't want you messing with my relationships, and we're going to get to that one next because that comes after godliness. So when we understand that all of our life, and that's the whole process of surrender, See, we come to Christ as we say, yes, Lord, I surrender all. But then as a Christian, day by day, there's a walking through of that where we say, okay, God, I'm going to live the way you've asked me to live in all aspects, in my thinking, what I watch, what I do, what I say. Man, it's a journey, a discipleship, adding to your faith. But it doesn't stop there. See, with godliness, we have to keep going. He says, then once you get some godliness, I want you to add some brotherly affection. So brotherly affection or brotherly love. And we hear a lot about Philadelphia being the city of brotherly love. You see, it's required of Christians to show hospitality. It's required. If you're saying you're a Christian and you hate your brother who you see, Oh, I love God. I love God, but I'm not speaking to him. Oh, I love God. I love God, but I'm not speaking to her. No, 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 no. Add to your faith, your faith. There's an addition of brotherly love that's required. We are required to love and to treat so much so in, in the scriptures. It's talking about we're being a family. When we come to faith, we are part of the family of God. That's why we call each other brother and sister. We don't do it out of titles alone. We don't do it. That title is not there just to say, well, I'm older than you or I'm better than you. No, 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 no. When you become a part of the family of God, whether I'm blood related to you or not naturally, I am now spiritually related to you through the blood of Jesus. So when I come to church and say, hello, sister so-and-so, hello, brother so-and-so, or if I call you on the phone or I text you, hello, brother so-and-so, hello, sister so-and-so, I'm acknowledging my relationship, my brotherly affection with you as a person of faith. I know a lot of churches have gotten away from that. I still do it because I'm acknowledging that you are my brother in faith. You are my sister in faith. And we need to understand that. But then last but not least, this is the most important quality. He says, I want you to add charity or I want you to add love to all of that. Add love. 
God so loved that he gave love. I want you to add the, the, the deep space where we forgive. I want you to add the space of seeing that individual higher than you. I want you to add, will you bear all things, hope all things, endure all things with that individual? I want you to prefer them above yourself. Love. Not this mushy, mushy, worldly, sensual love, but no, agape love that goes beyond self-sacrifice, that I'm willing to give up something so that you can have. I'm willing to let you go first and me take a lower seat. I'm willing to share what I have, because I have a lot, and I'm willing to share what I have with you. I'm willing to take your hand and help lift you. You're saying, my brother, my sister, help me. I'm willing to extend my hand to you to help you. Love, God's love. Says, I need to add that. Now, for some of us, we're like, but you know what? I've, I've added these things. Well, Peter says, keep adding. So you don't stop. You need more patience, you keep adding patience. And I'm going to be gracious here because you see I'm building, right? We keep building. We keep building. Whatever you need, keep adding. Why? Well, he tells us in verse 8, for if these qualities be in you and are increasing. So this isn't a one-time thing. You add it and you keep, and they've got to increase. They will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we don't need to say, oh, I had these things. I'm good. Got you. I'm good. No, 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 no. We got to keep growing. We got to keep growing. We got to keep adding. We don't want to be unfruitful or stagnant. We don't want to be unfruitful or ineffective. Why would you keep something that's not working? If your cow was not working, would you keep it? If you plant, if you're a gardener like me and you planted a, a bush and nothing was coming out of it, if you planted a tomato plant, the, as the season's going on, you want to see that plant growing and see some buds and see some tomatoes. You're not going to keep watering something. It's like this thing is dead. Why am I watering it? No, I'm going to get rid of it and find something that is fruitful. Now, I'm not saying God's going to get rid of you, but what I am saying is, as agreeing with Peter, that you will be ineffective and unfruitful. Because verse 9 says, whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted that he is, he's so nearsighted that he's blind because he's forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. He's reminding this group of Christians, look, 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 you were cleansed from what you were before, all that stuff. God cleanse you. Don't forget that. And add to your faith. He says, therefore, be diligent, be hasteful, be consistent to make your calling and election sure. Because if you practice these things, you won't ever fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, he goes back to remind them, look, this is all about Christ, that if you add these things and you keep adding them, then look, Christ has gone, he's prepared a way for you, he's coming back for you, and then you will have an entrance into the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God. In fact, the book of 2 Peter ends with continue to add knowledge. Continue in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the precious promises that were given to you through prophecy, through the word of God, will come to pass. So let me encourage you to keep adding to your faith. And whatever you need, keep adding it. So maybe you need a little bit more love today ask him for it. In fact, this week I was in a meeting and I, I'm, the meeting was just going and I paused in the middle of the meeting. I was the one presenting at that time and I was asked a question by one of my colleagues and 
I really did not know what to say. And I paused in that moment and I said, Lord Jesus, I need your help. And I actually said it out loud. I didn't realize I was saying it out loud. And so since the meeting was full of Christians, everybody else paused as well. I said, Lord Jesus, I need your help. I asked. And he, I asked for wisdom and knowledge, and he added it to me because I asked. So I want to encourage you to keep adding to your faith. Allow your faith additions to become a beautiful building a beautiful part of your life because you keep adding, you keep growing, you keep going. Make every effort, keep working, keep striving to add to your faith. Can I pray with you? Father, we thank you for this day and this time that you have called us to remind us to this place to say, our faith needs to keep growing. Our faith needs to keep growing. And you've invited us to add these characteristics, these qualities. And Father, we thank you for calling Peter one who could have given up, one who could have just walked away, but he came back. He was persevering and he kept pressing and he made every effort to add to his faith and then turned and encouraged us to do the same. And Father, as you reminded us today, we receive, we say, yes, Lord, we receive that message to add to our faith. So we pray. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that there would be some new faith additions are being erected all around the globe in homes and adults and children. I pray, oh, Lord, that this word would be fruitful in their hearts and in their spirits and bring encouragement to them. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. For some of you, you are right down here as far as in the space of faith. You haven't even made the decision. You're like, you know, I've been checking this out. Or maybe you've been riding on the coattail of someone in your house or a parent or a sibling or a spouse who is a person of faith, but you have not yet made that decision. Well, here's an invitation to you to come and add faith. Faith in what? In who? In Jesus Christ. You see, God gave his son for you, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it begins simply by you believing. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised his son Jesus from the dead and you shall be saved. That's the first step. And then you grow after that. So if that's something that you would like to do, there's a prayer of faith I'd like to lead you through. Would you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Enter my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Help me to grow in love with you day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've said that prayer, I'd like you to text the word SAVED to 833-300-0670. When you do that, someone's going to get back to you, and we're going to walk with you alongside of this journey so that you're not alone and that you can grow in your faith. And maybe you're saying, I'm already a Christian, but I need some prayer because uh, what you've said to me, there's a lot of adding I need to do to my faith right now. Would you text the word prayer? And there's no shame in this. There's no judgment in this. You need prayer. You just need somebody to agree with you in prayer so that you can grow and keep adding. Would you text the word prayer to 833-300-0670? God bless you and continue to add to your faith so we can see great faith additions. Well, wasn't that a powerful word today uh, from my Reverend Dr. Virginia Ward talking about faith additions? And so now we're going to have a, a time where we just share and we're going to just have some uh, conversation about you know, the message, and it was, a, it was a really powerful message, by the way, and, and, and I, I got out of it that, 
you know, that God does some things for us that we can't do. Mm -hmm. But there are things that we have to do in order to grow. Yes. Um, and I'm amazed that, that when you talked about Peter, and you've done a lot of uh, mm -hmm. sermons around the life of Peter. Mm -hmm. um, but what I was thinking of, what happens if people have uh, kind of what I call a, a series of failures? Mm. Um, Peter had a lot of failures. Yes, he did. What would you say to people about faith additions mm -hmm. when they may have had some series of failures? Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, I love Peter. I, I feel like I'm a new Peter, uh, as it were. Yeah. I should say a, a 21st century Peter. In fact, my biblical disc profile, the character that most resembles me, is Peter. I've had a lot of failures. I've made a lot of mistakes in my brotherly affection with people and my love with people. Self-control, oh, Lord have mercy. You married to me, you know. Sometimes I'm not always very patient. I have to learn to be steadfast. So I would encourage people who are like who would liken themselves to Peter mm. to say that it's it's okay. We don't have to be perfect. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He does expect us to keep trying. He does expect us to keep going. He does expect us to repent. So when I've made mistakes, when I've made just dumb decisions, mm. I don't mean just wrong, I mean dumb decisions with my money, with relationships, with my mouth, with my thinking, that I'm, I try to be like David, where I'm quick to repent, where I run to the Father. And I'm, I humble myself and go, God, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I missed it. Yeah. I blew it. And what's really worse is kind of like with Peter when he just, the, the one, two, three, you know, the one, two, three in a row. Right. was like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. And then you go, oh, shoot. And I've done that, too, where it's like the same thing I've just repented for. I went back and did again. And it's like, oh. But God is faithful. Mm. So what I would say to that individual is if, if you've messed up and keep messing up is to say that God is faithful and that if you can persevere, if you can keep pressing through and have some patience and keep persevering through, repent. Get back up. Shake the dust off, you know, wipe yourself, try again and figure out what am I lacking? Do I need some brotherly affection? Do I need somebody to hold me accountable? So then I started putting people in my life that could call me out on stuff. Mm. I gave them permission to do it. And then whatever was needed, when the Lord said do it, then I did it. Tests of obedience, he would test me in, in that. And so that's how I would say, what I would say to someone that you've messed up, okay, it's okay. All have sinned, we're all flawed. Yeah. Even the people who we look at and we think are so perfect. No, they're flawed too. Don't stay there. Keep adding. Keep moving. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a very important thing that you stated that, you know, we all have failures and we all have faults. And, mm -hmm. and oftentimes we don't recognize that repentance mm -hmm. is something that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Peter's an example of that. You know, glad Jesus didn't throw him away right, right. Uh, because he right. was actually a very, very significant instrument mm -hmm. to what we have today called the church. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So as I look at this, this is pretty impressive that the illustrations that you have made today in terms of all of these building blocks, mm -hmm. um, one of the things I was thinking about is, well, we may be strong in certain areas, mm -hmm. but in other areas we may not be as strong. Yes. So, so what would you say? How do we identify and say, well, no, as I start to look at this, where, where might I be in terms of strength or weaknesses? Mm -hmm. how, how does a person come to acknowledge, you know, this area, that area, mm -hmm. and where do they need to begin to work? How do they get to that point and say, hey, this is what I need to work on? Right. Great question. So that in the process of assessment, so I would encourage people to first make a list of the eight. So the, the patience is the one I added on again on top of the love because a lot of people always are asking for patience. Um, but out of the eight, I would make, start with making the list of the eight and then pray. Pray through each one hmm. and ask of the Lord. Ask the Father and say, okay, um, Father, where am I with my faith? Am I, an, am I an immature believer? Am I still on the milk of the word? Have I moved to the meat? And then same with virtue. Like, where do I stand when it comes to moral excellence? And to ask to each one, and if you're unsure, this is what I really encourage people to do. If you can stand it, ask the people who either live with you or who really know right. you. Right. They'll tell you the truth. Can you handle the truth? So I give, this is the opportunity to invite community in right. and to ask people around you, well, do you see me exhibit a lot of self-control? 
I gave some of my colleagues permission to do that, some of my friends. I said, and they're like, no, girl, they're, girl. And so they spoke truth to me. And I'm like, oh. And it was hard to hear because it was just like, you know, I had in my mind, I'm this, you know, I got it all together. And it's like, no, you don't. There are certain triggers. And then, and then also through prayer, but also through other people will help you to see, ah, I'm in this situation. I'm getting triggered right now. I need to address this. Some people, it's through therapy. Some people, it's through a Christian counselor. So there are resources, but they're all through people. Between God and people, you have to include others in your community to help you to figure out where you are with this. And then write it down, track and say, this is where I am, but I'm trying to get here. So keep track of that. So maybe if you need more brotherly affection, you might need to be in community. Maybe you're like, well, I don't really have a lot of people I'm connected to. Well, maybe you need to join a small group, or maybe you need to start making yourself, mm. he who shows himself friendly yeah. gets friends. If you don't show yourself friendly, right. you know, you're standoffish right. and nobody's going to talk to you. So you have to then look and say, and make the, be willing to make the adjustments in the areas once you assess where you are to, to, in order to get to where you'd like to be. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for really pouring out this message to us, and this was a, a powerful illustration of what we need to do to add. If those of you at home and you enjoyed the message, would you give the Lord a praise for that word today on faith additions? And uh, now, as we're about to move forward in our service, stay tuned for Kids Corner. God bless you. Hi, welcome to Kids Corner. I'm Yvette. And I'm Luke. Today we're going to be reading Abraham Offers Isaac to God. But first, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this time. We honor you. We praise you. May this story time richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Meanwhile, God spoke to Abraham, take Isaac to Mount Moriah. Abraham loved Isaac. There, God went on to slay Isaac as a gift to me. Abraham obeyed. They traveled three days. Isaac asked where, where the lamb was. For God's gift, he raised a knife to slay his son. When God's angel stopped him, I know you fear God. You'd slay your only son for him. Abraham saw a lamb um, for God's gift stuck in the bush. So Isaac lived. Look, what did you learn from this story? I learned that you should always listen to God and trust God because he always knows what's best for you. You? Similarly, just like Abraham, I learned to be obedient and to trust God with all of my heart. God will always provide. God always keeps his promises. Yes, he will. Um, thank you for watching Kids Corner. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Abundant Life Church would like to thank you for your continued support and giving during this time. We encourage you to continue giving, and you can do this in three ways. You can give using your cell phone by texting GIVE to 855-952-1023. You can also give by using our new Tively Giving platform. For more information or to give online, go to alccambridge.org give. Have you downloaded our ALC Church app? That's another way for one-touch giving. Go to alccambridge.org and find out how to download the app to get started. And as always, you can mail your giving to Abundant Life Church, 47 Howard Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, 02139. Now let us bless this time of giving through prayer. Father, we thank you for those who have given and those who did not have to give. Lord, we know that you are a God who provides. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just touch and bless the hands of the giver, Lord, in the heart of the giver, um, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Lord, may your presence be with us and may even that which we have received uh, be able to have impact, oh God, in our community, in the work of the church, in the, the work of the kingdom agenda. 
So Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for those who gave and who did not have to give. And we just ask, oh God, that you know um, our heart and what they're doing and what they need. And we pray, Lord, that you would meet them right there. So Lord, we thank you and praise you for um, this time. And we just ask that you would bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You clap your hands with us. Sing your praises unto my king, yeah. Sing praises unto my king, yeah. He is creator of everything. He is creator of everything. I will exalt him, his name adore, yeah.
Well, thank you so much for being a part of this morning's worship service, and we're so glad that you're with us today to hear the word of the Lord and to worship with us. And I pray that faith additions would really stick to us as we go throughout this week, and even beyond that, that we need to add to our faith. Um, this, is a, this is a powerful opportunity in a time that even as we're away from church, and this is now approaching now 11 months, you know, uh, we need to be adding to our faith. We need to not get stagnant in our growth with, with the Lord Jesus. Uh, I also want to let you know that uh, if you desire prayer, uh, we do have an opportunity for you to be prayed with and be prayed for. You can go to you, your, your phone and you can text us at prayer at 833-300-0670 and someone will uh, pick up that message and they'll be contacting you to pray with you and to pray for you. So let's bless the Lord as we go out and let's pray together and I want to say a blessing over you. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be, Lord, uh, able to share with uh, this viewing audience. And Father, whether at home or in their cars or whether they're watching it, uh, even uh, after Sunday. And mm. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, Lord, that we would all add to our faith. This word is not only for the viewing audience and those who are part of congregations, but Lord, even for leaders like myself. Father, we thank you this day, Lord, for pouring yourself into us in your word. Your word has pour been poured in. Now help us, Lord, to add to it. We bless you, we praise you. So I commend your people to God. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his peace, his shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. And again, thank you so much for joining us here at Abundant Life Church Online, the place where faith and life connect. We worship, we worship, adore you. Adore you. We declare, we declare nobody like you. Say we worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. We declare, we declare nobody like you. Nobody like Say you. we worship, we worship, adore you, adore you. Say we declare, we declare nobody like you, nobody like you. We worship, we worship, adore you. Adore